You know, it would be better if you guys actually laughed into the microphone. <laughs> I do. You guys, I look over at Laura all the time when we do these stupid recordings, and she's laughing like crazy silently. Usually someone's talking, so if I laugh directly into the microphone... It's part of the whole thing. It okay, gives, it I'm helps, sorry. It helps the experience. This is a great way to kick off the episode. <laughs> so yeah, we're all quarantined, but we made it in. We're wrapped in cellophane. Um, we are doused in Purell. But six feet apart. Six feet apart. We are going to talk, you know, because everyone's talking about it, we're going to talk about hot air balloons. Mm-hmm. We have a real live captain of a hot air balloon here with us today. And uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Cool. Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Have you prepared what you're going to say for the, the intro, since you're part of the intro now? We're doing a new oh. intro? Yes, we have to do an intro. Your Are face. you prepared? Why? God, no, I'm not. <laughs> no? Aww. Season three, you got to be in it. That's probably what it was, so you already did it. It's already done. Intro <laughs> over. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his It's, on his it's always right here. here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like 1 to 10. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> Welcome back. You are listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is episode 53 and we've all made it. We are in uncharted uncharted territory right now. We are in the midst of COVID-19, but looking around, Joe spent the weekend. He's been laying cable all around town so that we are we're all in our living rooms. <laughs> you didn't know that. We are all sitting in our living rooms um, and talking to each other because Joe has hooked up the podcast so that we can keep a safe distance from each other. So thank you, Joe. Yeah, You're thanks, welcome. Joe. You know, whatever, that whatever, was the what... most effort you've put into anything <laughs> that we've had in a while. That's not saying much. You couldn't get up to do it. Stephanie is not with us because the cable, the cord wouldn't reach and certainly wouldn't reach out to Fowlerville because um, that's where Nick is. So Nick is not with us, but I am joined by Nikki O'Mara. Nikki's here. Laura Beal. Joe Beshi. And of course, Carly, our intern, who knows? She's an MSU student. And even if she were safe at home, we don't want her on the podcast because who knows what they've been doing all this last weekend. So <laughs> keeping, them, <laughs> keeping, them, keeping them very socially distanced away from us. So yes, this is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, this is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies. We put this little podcast on together, pandemic or no. And we are here today uh, talking with, with a, a, a great guest. Um, we are a public affairs and public relations firm. We are headquartered in the historic Naps building in downtown Lansing. Uh, you can find our podcasts at reshstrategies.com. We are on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram at reshstrategies. Uh, we are also on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or on uh, Google Play, lots of other places. So you can follow us there. Uh, you get the podcast sent right to your phone that way. Um, and if you do, follow, rate, review. Uh, we'd love to hear great things about ourselves. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about we got some We got some pub, right, Yeah, Joe? We're going to talk yeah. about that a little bit later. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> Good pub. So It's okay. 
Eh, that was good. I it thought is. it was good, Fine. Joe. Yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah, don't ruin uh, it. Okay. We're good. So today we are going to, uh, we have Angela Madden with us. Angela is the executive director of the Michigan Association of Ambulance Services. Uh, full disclosure, a good client of ours. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Um, but you would think in the height of a national health crisis, we would have someone on who represents the ambulance emergency services on to talk about such mm-hmm. things. But no. We are not. No, why would we do that? Why would we do that? That would, Everyone's talking about that. Right. Let's talk about something different. So I'm going to ask you, you are, and I, you drive hot air balloons. <laughs> drive. Right? Well, how do you, what, what does someone do with a hot air balloon? You pilot it. You pilot it. Yes. Okay, so Angela is here. We've been talking about having her on for a long time because Nikki and, and Laura came back from a meeting a while back and said, did you know that Angela yeah. pilots hot air balloons? <laughs> she has her own balloon. Which is awesome. So. I mean, in my personal opinion, because I can't, I've never met anybody that does that. And here you are. Here I am. I'm happy to be here. I'm really excited to talk about ballooning and not ballooning. COVID too. That's Yeah. How did you get into it? So it's a family thing. You know, um, a lot of people say, the theory is you you go, you experience ballooning, maybe you even get your first ride. Your first ride's free. Every ride thereafter you cost you the cost the expense of your own equipment. Mm-hmm. And that's it's a bug that basically bites you, no pun intended, in today's <laughs> virus environment. But um, yeah, I grew up in a town that has a has a balloon event. Mm-hmm. Um, started volunteering for the event. The bug bit me, and now I have my own equipment and my own pilot's license, and we do it for fun. What town and what is the event? So Jackson, Jackson, okay. Michigan, and okay. it's the Jackson Hot Air Jubilee, and it's every July um, right downtown. So plug for Jackson. It's uh, it's July 23, 24, or 24, 25, 26 of this year. What happens? Like how many – is it just – 100 balloons up in the air and everyone just kind of does their thing or what's what, what's the event? Yes and no. It's a great family-friendly event and there's events all across the state and I will try to plug as many of them for you as I can um, to let everybody know but it's a great community environment. Um, there's usually an arts and craft show. There's usually a carnival. There's a lot of food vendors around, car shows, everything but the balloons will fly um, usually at around 7 in the morning and at 7 p.m. Uh, as the kind of the big event of the day the pilots get to compete and we can talk about balloon competition um, cool. if you, yeah if you'd like um and then usually late at night right around sunset they'll all come back to their mass launch spot and then inflate and light their burners and glow as we like to say oh, i've seen great. that before that's cool so I feel like I'm going to step on your toes. No, you go right ahead. I got, I got one question. I asked it already. What do you call the person who tries? <laughs> how do you compete and how good are you? Yeah, no, that's a really great question. I'm a terrible competitor. Only be, And I like to say only because I'm new. Or um, There are pilots out there that have been flying for decades and they're fantastic. They are absolutely wonderful pilots, including my instructional family. And I call them a family because I was able to train with multiple different pilots who've been flying for decades and really get to learn a lot of the intricacies of the, of the skill behind piloting from each one of them. So it was great. But to answer your main question, to compete, 
Um, a pilot will either be given a, p a position where they are to launch from and have to fly to another position, or they are given a position that they have to fly to and they have to pick their launch spot and try to fly to that. And usually at that location, there's an X or some other target on the ground, and then they have a baggie, a weighted bean bag with a long tail that they have to throw out of their basket. Um, the closer you are to the center of the X, the more points you score. The more points you score across the weekend. The so it's kind of like that ski race where you like ski and then shoot a gun. Sort of <laughs> the biathlon. That's because exact, it's like a race. I mean, exactly exactly what I thing. And it, but it's not necessarily the first one there, right? So, right. so time isn't of the essence. Although the targets typically do close. So if you the the wind will play a huge part in this. So if you choose to launch later in the day and the wind dies down and you don't have enough wind to get you to that target, it's possible you won't score. So, so can you have yeah. like three going at once? I mean, at the same target? Yes. Around the same time? Yes, and that's where it gets really fun. Oh. So that okay, sounds so dangerous. Wait. So getting there quicker has nothing to do with it. It's all about how close you are to the X. Correct. Okay. Um how when you drop your beanbag, how yeah. high are you typically? It depends. So depending on where this X is, um, if you envision a nice big open field mm -hmm. where I can navigate, you know, to inches off the ground. How big is the X typically? Eight feet by eight feet. Okay. It's big. Okay. Okay. So if I can get in into the ground far away, I can, you know, float just inches above the ground, literally lean out the basket and set it on the ground by uh -huh. the end of its tail. Or if it's surrounded by trees and in an open area, I may have to be at tree trap and, and drop it. Okay. So, or if there's another balloon underneath me and I obviously don't want to run into that balloon, I may have to drop it at a, at a higher altitude. What's the highest you might ever drop one from? Oh, I mean, the highest I can go is without oxygen is eighteen thousand feet. I know, so. but like you would never, you would never drop <laughs> that a little bag. That, that would be it. I want to know. I want to know. That would be quite a shot right there. Yeah. I want to know how high you're ever actually doing it. Like, what's what's your highest drop? This is interesting. This is fascinating. You know, I, I for myself, I probably the highest I've dropped a, a baggie would be probably about treetop level, um, okay. which is the height of a you know a balloon is going to stand just about so, the height of a tree. But so people aren't like throwing hail marys from like 500 feet up and like hoping to hit the X. And... Oh, that definitely happens. Okay. Yeah. If like you're if the winds if you're like oh we're screwed we're never going to get over this thing best chance we've got is just to chuck this. Correct. Okay. Are there people that are just great at dropping from a thousand feet? Like there are people that are super high. Is that like a skill? It is. Well, throwing the beanbag is there. No. Okay. I mean, that's a lot of luck. But there are pilots out there who are absolutely fantastic about dropping themselves fast onto a target. So remember, the only steerage, and if you, you know... I'm using that term very, very loosely, is up and down. I can't turn right or left in a hot air balloon. I'm at the mercy of a wind. But if I can force my balloon down fast, then I'm not traveling uh, horizontally as, as far. I'm traveling just vertically. So if I have to be, if the wind direction at 5,000 feet is such that I'm going to travel at 5,000 feet and then drop straight down over a, over a target in order to get a baggie in the center of that axe, there are pilots who are fantastic at that. Is there 
courtesy? Are there rules of the road? There are. About if you, two balloons get to the X at the, at the same time, who goes first? Or do you just like bump it out on your way down and see who gets to the bottom first? How does that work? The rules of the road are the, the balloon on, the, the balloon at the lower altitude has the right of way, right? Because they can't see up because mm. of the fabric over their head. So you do have to give them have give them the right of way. Meaning if you are the balloon of a higher altitude, then you will have to ascend to give them room, which means you might not get as good of a throw or yeah. score. How often are you able to actually fly? So here in Michigan, you know, the weather is such a big deal. I should have flown this morning to be all in all honesty, but, um, it was cold. Um, probably, I mean, I don't fly as as much as some other people can, um, just from other responsibilities and things get in the way. Mm -hmm. Baseball season gets in the way for my kids, things like that. But, um, on a good day, a good, you know, a pilot that does it regularly competes in a lot of events, probably 40 to 50 flights a year. How long does it take you to actually get everything set up? Because you said this morning. So yeah, how long would it take you to get it set up? Fly? How much time do you need for that? Well, to get the cobwebs out this early in the season, um, it'd probably take us a half hour, maybe 45 minutes. But in reality, you know, we can probably do it in 20. Okay. Is Mm -hmm. it just at your, like, in your garage, just like it, hanging out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is right now. Yep. Where do you That's take crazy. it? Like, if you're gonna, do you just take off in your driveway and then have someone pick you up wherever you land? Or you could, for sure. Um, we have a, I have a couple of preferred launch spots that I like to go to where I've talked to the landowners. They have a lot of room. I have permission to do that, depending on the direction the wind is going. And how long would you typically be up there? Like, what's a, what's a about an hour would be a typical flight okay. in the middle of the summer because okay. remember it's hotter out then than it is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you so. go up by yourself, or do you have a cr- do you have a crew? So both. I have a crew. Are there what are the, what are the titles of the people who aren't the aren't the pilot? So we have a crew chief. Okay. And then we have ground crew. Yeah. So we have one person on the ground that heads up the flight for the day. Um, typically it's one or two people that kind of have that title for the season. If one's available, you have another. Um, and then you have a lot of volunteers or a lot of family that go with you. You need, I like to have at least three people with me. In the balloon? No, on the ground. Okay. How many, there, people, how many, people, how many people get in the balloon? Yeah. Depends on the size of the balloon. Okay. So here, now we're talking about a whole different thing. Am I driving a, um, am I driving a, an electric car, you know, smart car or am I driving a big SUV? What do you have? So I have a kind of a sedan. Okay. So how many people can fit into? (laughs) Um, me plus two. Okay. Me plus two. So balloon sizes are based on the amount of air that fits in the fabric in the envelope of the balloon. And it's so thousands of cubic feet. So I have 77,000 cubic feet of air or 77,000 basketballs, 77,000 balloons, small party balloons. What would that's be like the 77th? So that's 77,000 party balloons. That's Correct. the equivalent. Correct. What would be the SUV like? <laughs> yeah. Hummer vert. Like how many people fit in that? Uh, one? So I will tell you, I don't know. Some big vehicle. Yeah. Shut up. So <laughs> So out in Sonoma, you know, um, Arizona, Albuquerque, you have a lot of big ride operations where they'll put 16 to 18 to 20 plus people in their balloon in their basket. And they're flying 230s, 230,000 cubic feet of air. So you buy the balloon 
and the basket together. It's not like they're they're interchangeable then, right? You can't really just throw another one. Where do you a, buy a big it? Basket you can actually. Can you? Certain things, yeah. So the FAA, so these are FAA registered aircraft, and you can intermix certain pieces based on what the FAA allows you to to do. And the the manufacturers can also do can retrofit, I guess is a really good word to use, um, each different piece. So there's three main components, the envelope, the basket, and then your burner system, your, your fuel and your, and your, um, burner. But, and so you can what's the design them. on your balloon? Um, it's rainbow shaped. It's just, um, it's squares with a lot of reds, oranges, and blues, mm. um, mixed Ooh. in. Pretty. Um, does it have a name? The balloons have names. The balloons do have names. They are typically referred to with female pronouns, just like boats too. So okay. my balloon, her name is special interest. Um, oh. you know, Very work, work for a, work for a special <laughs> interest. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you buy them? Um, very good question. There's ma- there's manufacturers that obviously create them, make them, design them. Um, my basket is uh, manufactured by a company called Cameron Balloons, which is one of the largest manufacturers of hot air balloons located right here in Dexter, Michigan. Hmm. Really? Cool. Mm-hmm. So are they special ordered or do you just like, there's a, they have a catalog and use like, I like the rainbow one or how does, how does it's that actually work? a little bit of both. Most pilots choose to design their balloon themselves. Um, just the color combinations and things like that, but they do have Usually the balloon manufacturers have a designated pilot or two that will travel around with, I guess, a sample, um, to various events. And at the end of the season, they'll offer that for sale as used equipment, obviously, um, reduction, reduced in price. How often yeah. So once you buy a balloon, yeah. like, do they wear out? How, what, what's what's the how's the that work? Span? Yeah, yeah, it, it's actually a, an excellent question, and they and they do. So there are temperature restrictions on the fabric. Um, you can act, wear the coating off the fabric if you're flying it hot. They have to be inspected every year, um, or every so many hours, depending on how frequently you fly it. Um, if you are if you take good care of your equipment. If you don't get it wet and pack it away wet, think of it like a wet tent. It could get moldy. Um, it it could last you for three, four hundred hours. We talk in hours in balloon world. Okay. <laughs> and how much like do they cost? Like how much? I I, I want to get into flying hot air balloons. I'm going to get my license and all that stuff. How much does it cost me to get the little uh, economy car balloon? <laughs> Starter kit. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna cost you probably around ten thousand dollars to get oh, uh, something off the used market. See, oh. I figured this is an expensive hobby. Now that's just gonna get you the balloon. So you get started. Um, you still have to haul it in something. Yeah. Um, you're gonna I don't want think ra- your Jeep's gonna cut it, Joe. Yeah. You're gonna want radios to communicate with your crew. You're gonna you're gonna need you need a crew. You've got headphones already. You're good. Wow. Okay. I'll um, be part of your ground crew, but I'm not going up. How, I, I wouldn't do it either. How long really? did it take you yeah. to learn all of this? So, well, I kind of grew up with it, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was picking up pieces as I as I grew up. Um, what generation ballooner are you? Fifth generation ballooner? No, actually, I'm a first generation pilot um, in my family, although, you know, my mom has been just in awe of them for the majority, you know, for her lifetime as well too. I think she's the one that got me the bug, but, um, it takes 10 hours. Remember we talk in hours as pilots. It takes 10 hours to get your private pilot certificate. Okay. So you have to take lessons Yes. and then you get some, you get your certification and then you can just go and go on your own. 
Correct. Whenever you want. Yep. So you typically would go to some form of ground school um, to learn all your book stuff. Um, then you would have flying. You have 10 hours of flying you have to do, and that includes two one-hour solos. Uh, and then you have to pass two tests. You have to pass a written and a practical. Do you communicate when you're up there with like any ground or air con- traffic control things? Like, do you have to, that kind of stuff? Do you have to be listening for planes? and? If you whatnot? are flying, Look out! Yeah. yes, there are... <laughs> There are absolutely certain restrictions. Um, so flying within and in and around the airspace, Lansing's airspace, for example, um, you would need to make sure that you are communicating with air traffic control up there as well. Yeah. Are you? Would you be allowed to just like fly over downtown Lansing? Yeah. You can do and that? And in fact, plug time, um, the Greater Lansing Balloon Festival will be happening September 25th and 26th right here at Cooley Law School Stadium. And we're currently working on doing a glow right here in the streets downtown. Oh, wow. Um, static display. Oh, that sounds fun. That's cool. Yeah. So with those festivals, can you, I mean, I can just show up and go for a ride? No. <laughs> so that's what I want. You can't show up and go for a ride at at these festivals. Some festivals will have a pilot who would offer them. Um, like you can go out to Albuquerque and you can register and, and pay for a ride there. Okay. But the best way to get a ride is to work for it, to ground crew for somebody. Oh, all right. That could be my hobby. We'll have some, we'll, we'll still have some free time here. For the yeah. next <laughs> Maybe you can go Before you know it. hook up with a crew, so, Nikki. I imagine you wouldn't be super close to anyone either. So you'd be keeping your six feet distance. Aside from the pilot in the basket, it's a little tight in there, but yeah. yeah. So like, where is, what's the event of the year? Like if you want, if you were going to go anywhere and do one of these balloon things, like what's the. As a spectator, as a pilot or both? Both. Um, Albuquerque. Okay. First week of October. Um, you're going to get two to 300 balloons worldwide that okay. come into Albuquerque. And how many are at the Jackson one, you said? About 25. Okay. Uh, Battle Creek is also the first week in July. Always usually a big one, highly competitive event. Okay. Have you ever done the one in Howell? There's a big one in Howell. There's a big there? one in Howell in May. Yes. Yep. yep. Been there. The first one of the year here in Michigan is typically Frankenmuth. It's Memorial Day weekend. There was well, My wife and I lived in Howell right after we got married, and we lived right by the high school where they yeah. launched. And it was a Saturday morning, and we didn't know it was coming. And all of a sudden, we were like, <laughs> like what's going on? <laughs> and like all these things are rising from them. And like, oh, there are balloons everywhere. That's cool. Yeah, I feel like fun. I've said this on the podcast, but I had one. We were like, I was, I don't know how old I was. I was probably in like middle school or something, but we were playing basketball in the driveway on like just a regular day. And one random balloon was like really low, kind of coming into our neighborhood, and it landed in our front yard and like, <laughs> They had like champagne and stuff, and we had no idea who they were. But like everyone that was kind of around, like gathered in my yard, and it was like this weird little party. <laughs> and then, and then they left. And that's very typical, actually. Okay. Really? Yes. It was really? super weird. So no, no, cool. no, no, no. There's history behind that. So here's your history of ballooning. So you know, back in the 1780s, um, when our ballooning first originated in France. Um, the balloons would land because they didn't have onboard burner systems uh, at the time. So they'd heat the envelope, they'd heat the fabric, which was just paper at that time, over an open fire, let it go, and then it would land in a farmer's field. Well, the farmers started coming out with pitchforks and torches, not knowing what I was thinking. Aliens were falling out of the sky. Mm. So they started carrying wine and cheese because they were vinters and cheesemakers, oh. the Montgolfier brothers. And that is how we ended up with the the 
you know, the whole party at the end. You bring a bottle of champagne, you celebrate it, you share it with the landowners that you landed with, thank them for the use of their property because you are technically, tra- you know, trespassing. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. that happened once. So. Yeah. Did you get some cheese out of it? I don't remember. I probably, I mean. But I don't... in your case, they probably didn't launch from his No, area. they landed there, right? Yeah, yeah, they landed there. Yeah. So I thought you were saying you launch and land and you thank them, or is it just you're thanking them because you landed there? We're thanking them because we're landed there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you don't know you don't know where you're going to land. Correct. Oh, correct. I'm so thinking my, of this like an airplane. No, my launch spot. I know kind where of. I'm going to leave from. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I'm going to. Maybe leave you from. should take a class before you before you get into one of the little ones. I don't so, know. Do you want me can on we your just turn it around well? now? I don't know. Can you read a map? <laughs> yes, I can. Without your phone? Yes. <laughs> I did this in Ireland on the wrong side of the road and everything. I was very proud of myself. So it's 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 fantastic in that ballooning is so primitive and it really has not changed since the, since the 1780s. With the exception of the technologies that we carry on board, um, now my... I can tell the temperature at the top of my balloon thanks to a Bluetooth connection to instruments on the, you know, at my at my disposal. Um, I know my altitude and everything. It's it's right here. Obviously, I carry my phone, and now I can track with my crew. They can see where I am all the at all times. I can see where they are, and I don't have to have visual contact with them. Mm. What's the highest you've been? Oh, um, five, almost five thousand feet. Okay, and what's the highest you could go? Without oxygen, so the FAA requires me to carry oxygen uh-huh. over about, well, 14,000 MSL mean sea level. Okay. Good God. It's really high. You had a question, Joe? No, I don't know. <laughs> so, it's really high. If you don't like heights, yeah. you're not going to like <laughs> Laura, you're not, you're not going, Laura. So Laura doesn't like water slides. So. <laughs> I, I beg to differ. You know, I, it, it really all depends on what it is you don't like about heights. There's a lot of the people. High part? Who, this is a lost cause. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of people that say Stop. they don't like heights because they don't like elevators, and that's an enclosed space. Mm-hmm. That's a claustrophobic oh. issue. Well, you're it's wide open, right? So you don't really feel that. Claustrophobic. A lot of people don't like heights because they don't like the, like in an airplane, the fast right. thrust upward. You don't have that either. So I I have flown with a lot of people who say they don't like heights, but still will fly in a I think airplane. I don't like the speed. And like, so I think this would be nice and slow, and I think I would like it. And I, it's quiet. <laughs> okay. I so it, think you're full of it. Does it kind of feel like, have you been parasailing? I have been parasailing. Is it similar? Very much so. Okay. I found that very relaxing. Yep. The only difference is it's we have a loud burner right overhead, so every so often you hear that. You hear that, but yeah. Is it hot? Does that thing? Do you feel the heat coming off of it? Like is the, all that air up there? You can feel it, but it yeah. usually you know it obviously it rises with with its burn, so you're going to get a little bit residual. I am of course on the um, shorter in stature, so a taller person would feel it more than I do. But yeah. Have you ever seen something? crazy going on below that you're like boy so i, I have bet a, they wish i wasn't flying yeah. over the top of them right now i have a great story That's a great question <laughs> i actually have a fantastic story last summer towards the end of the summer i think it was august um i was in portland flying with some friends of mine he um a really good pilot friend of mine was in the basket with me and um we had left and we flew over this campsite ish it was a watering hole with a 
just like a little picnic area coverage. And, you know, they were yelling up at us because that's one of the beauties. You can talk to people on the ground. They were yelling up at us. We were just having fun. You know, we turned around to talk to somebody else, turned back around to this group and they mooned us in like all at the same time. They they lined up and their pants just came down. It was probably the best story I have to date. (laughs) So, yes. Hilarious. Has anyone ever thrown anything at you? Like, um, like angrily, like not the, or just because they're a jerk or because they were mad. I've never had anything thrown at me. I have had landowners tell me that I had to leave their property, couldn't land there, which is fine. We obviously respect that. Um, I have, you know, we fly a lot of times very early in the morning. I've had a lot of people come out very grumpy, <laughs> um, but uh, I've never had anything thrown. Are the at conditions me. You, better first thing in the morning? I prefer morning flights, yes. I mean, you want to fly about an hour after sunrise, a couple hours before sunset. Is If you think of the atmosphere like a big pot of water, when the sun comes up, it starts to boil and it makes the air currents less stable. So you want to fly at that kind of hmm. on those edges. But yeah. And you can usually fly longer in the morning. Obviously, if you if you wait at night, you're running up against sunset. You can't fly after dark. Right. When you say you have been told by landowners you can't land here, does that mean you're like within five feet of landing and they're like, get the hell out of here? And then like you get shoot away? Is that how that works? Sometimes, (laughs) and most times you try to have your crew arrive in advance. You can see a property that you want. You you radio down to them and say, go get me permission to land there. And they'll either wave you off and fly on. I have landed in a property where we've actually landed. It was a morning flight. We've actually landed. They didn't come to the door when we tried to get permission and they were not excited about cool. having us there we woke them up but so it's kind of a risky hobby it can be yeah sure have you ever had a, any like near crash experiences Mm-mm. no thankfully um no i have not and um although we do run through a number of scenarios in our training um, and we continue to practice those scenarios um, but i have never had anything drastic where I have had to utilize them well it's with all the technology it seems like you're probably safer now than ever before with considering the people who in the 1700s that you were saying that have the paper balloon I mean you've got to be pretty safe now well, <laughs> can you parachute out of a balloon? It's as safe as you could be as five safe as you can feet be. with a big That's bag my point. of hot air on top of you. That's my point. I mean, yes. I mean, there are certain instances where you're, you should, assuming you're going to have a catastrophic failure of your burners, you should float down until the point where you've cooled off to the point where you fall straight down. As long as the fabric stays inflated, mm-hmm. you're typically safe. It's when the fabric collapses and you streamer straight down is when... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Now so, I'm never getting it. Yeah, yeah you're, we all but knew like, you're not getting it. But in that instance, is Joe? Is, go ahead, Joe, with your question. So you can now. you can parachute off. Yes. Um, how high do you have to be to be able to do that? Depends on the jumper, and you, you're gonna go. You're gonna you're gonna ascend fairly high, and uh-huh. then you're gonna put yourself. You're mm-hmm. gonna put the balloon in a fairly steep descent because when you lose the weight of your jumper, you're gonna go mm-hmm. right back up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Yeah. So. Did you have to practice that? I don't take jumpers. Not my thing, <laughs> but a lot of people do it. Why not? I've jumped, um, experienced that. I prefer just floating simply after the parachute, which is what I can do every day with a nice solid floor underneath me in my balloon. Um, not that I have anything against jumpers, but I just don't. That's technical, and I don't. I just want to go out and fly. Yeah. I don't want to mm-hmm. have to. 
Makes but, sense yeah. to me. Yeah. A lot of people do it. There's, I mean, there's an industry for it. And a lot of jumpers really like it as well. Oh. How dangerous is the the big burner full and the big balloon full of gas, like explosions and, and things like that? I mean, that's, Very, a, that's a real deal. That's it is a, real a thing. it is a real deal. I carry about 40 gallons of liquid propane um, on board and we burn it obviously as we go. So we are really, really careful to make sure we when we're refueling, we're not wearing static inducing clothing. You know, we're not causing a spark. Obviously, we keep smokers, you know, a very safe distance away. Um, but it's a it's a big deal. I have this I have this memory as a child and I'm my parents sometimes listen to this podcast so they'll, they'll probably correct all the things I get wrong but <laughs> I seem to remember having like friends of theirs were going on a date and had gotten like a, a free ride in a hot air balloon kind of thing and as they were driving to the field there was this gigantic black fire mm-hmm. fireball and the balloon had exploded oh wow while it was being prepped they were they were driving to get on the balloon and it exploded that's that happens terrible it, but yes it does um it does i mean not so, often laura when are you going up on a balloon <laughs> never not often yeah. i mean oh you're so excited about a it. propane tank can have a leak it just i mean an o-ring can get damaged it's it's a it's a fuel source and it's a very highly explosive fuel source cool. we so how like many events do you have booked for the summer assuming um, the summer happens well, right. Um, I have one um, book to fly in um, at this point in time. I'm still trying to, although I have a lot of experience at events helping other pilots, my crew does not. So we're we're trying to ease our way in the summer and build up a lot of hours. Um, I'm trying to fly a lot locally um, and just for fun before we really dive into a lot of competitive events. I am helping several pilots at several other events, though. So... There's a lot of these festivals around the state now, right? There are, yeah. There are. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, obviously some of the ones we've already mentioned, Howell, Frankenmuth, Midland, Jackson, Lansing, Battle Creek, Traverse City, Petoskey, wow. Kalamazoo. What's the farthest you could like typically or you could possibly go in your balloon like how fast m- miles-wise? Well, how fast is the wind going? Um I don't know. Let's say there's no wind. Let's just well, then remove I'm, the variable. Then I'm not going anywhere. Really? Short yeah. trip. Okay. Well, um, up and you're down. Right. You're right. Sorry. Um, I don't know. It's a good day for flying. I don't know what. Just. Yeah, good day for flying. We like the wind somewhere under 10 miles an hour. So okay. you're gonna go on a 90 degree day in July uh-huh. at 10. You're only gonna fly for an hour, maybe less, because that's all my fuel will hold me. So, so 10 miles. Mm-hmm. So what's the furthest you've ever gone? Ooh, I flew. Probably seven or eight as the crow flies. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever get, does the wind ever get picking up that you're like, whoa, we're moving a little too quick? Yes. Slow down. Yep. What do you do? Get down. Oh. And land as soon as you can. Okay. Yep. Okay. Anything else, Joe? So we have, we have a saying. This is the most engaged Joe's been yeah. in the podcast. Yeah. Had, we have a saying. Year. We'd rather be on the ground wishing we were in the air than in the air wishing we were on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. We, we try not to fly in those types of situations. Every time I'm in the air in general, I wish I was on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. I'm glad you were able to come by and, and Happy to be talk here. with us about this. Uh, Angela Madden of the Michigan Association of Ambulance Services, also pilot of her own hot air balloon, The Special Interest. Take a look up in the sky this summer if you see a big rainbow color balloon. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's you. If you see any balloon, go say hi to the pilot. Okay. We'll be right back.
What are we doing? Are we talking now or not? We're, we are talking. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Nikki? I don't know. Not coronavirus. So, Joe, are you going to go up in a balloon? No, I don't. I. You have a lot of questions. Well, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I'll talk to anyone about their hobbies. Like that, we we rarely talk about hobbies with people. We usually have people that have kind of interesting jobs, but it's still a job. Um, so that was cool. Um, but I I would hate it. I would hate. There's too much like you can't control. Mm-hmm. I don't like that you're. Oh, I'm just up here and I'm swinging around in the air and it takes a little <laughs> while to move and land and like no, I I need I need control. I would I would much rather jump out of a plane. Or uh, go bungee jumping. Like I just don't like the idea of like, oh, I'm gonna just hanging out in a basket. You don't. You realize when you jump out of a plane, you really don't have control. But either. it's over quickly. It's like <laughs> it's 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 a thing and it's done. Like it's not like I'm just kind of yeah hanging up here. There's just so much prep that goes into it and a lot that you have to think about, and then it might not even happen. Yeah, I have, and I feel like that would really frustrate me. It, so you have to love it. And, and she clearly does yeah. in order to keep doing it. The views have to be amazing because mm-hmm. you're not, I mean, you're close enough. She said you you can talk to people from up there. So you're close enough that you can see stuff. It's not like an airplane kind of thing um, where right. you can, you're, but you're still super high. It's got to be cool. That'd be cool. I want to want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to be such a, you're such a loser. scaredy cat. I hate this about myself. <laughs> You know, the easiest thing was just trying new foods, and you wouldn't do that. No, you're, you're not going to go up in an air balloon. I did food. try a few new foods, I think. <laughs> I did. Have her take you up in a balloon. Uh, it's, it's, you're, so, you're just full of it. I want to like it. No, you don't. I, but yeah. I want she to. <laughs> I, just, I believe that you want to, but I don't believe that you Really will. want to. <laughs> Yeah. That you want to enough to actually do it. I feel like it'd be one of these things. It's the same thing as the freaking water slide. You get to the top and you're like, oh shit, this was not a good idea. (laughs) No, most people don't do that. (laughs) Well, I did, but there was no turning back. So that's so funny. Okay, so let's let's get into this pub. We got some publicity, huh, Joe? Oh yeah. Yeah. You're a star. Well (laughs) I only got one um my brother like texted me about it so no one else i uh no one else steve didn't which was really? shocking yeah he's jealous. i'm i'm shocked he didn't jump all over that uh yeah we were in the city pulse um the I was, podcast edition yeah mm-hmm. um i thought it was going to be like a feature on me but uh that didn't work out that way <laughs> maybe they're doing maybe a special time. insert it seemed like it should have been that way because i know you guys, that interview you guys was talk for like 45 minutes yeah mm-hmm. i give him a lot of good stuff there's a, definitely enough there for like a i'm cover really disappointed article. that your picture wasn't me too I'm fine that that didn't make it. It was way better than... than <laughs> yeah, those three old guys they had yeah. sitting around the table. What's up with that? I mean... Lame. No one knew who they were. Yeah, so the City Pulse did a, a profile on podcasting with a little how-to guide, and then they interviewed five or six podcasts in town. Mm-hmm. We, uh, The word on the street was people were recommended that they reach out to us, right? Yeah, I, was, I think that's like they're... Yeah. He was soliciting, like, who should I talk to? And I... People like responding like, "Oh, the cold oatmeal podcast." You reach out, reach out to those guys, but um, naturally, yeah, we didn't. Thank we you didn't seek it out. Yeah, thank you, people. Yeah. Now we got some. We were in the Gongwars, the Gongwar news service. Last we got some, lots of yeah about the last episode. Yeah, it was pretty great. This, this little podcast, it's like a it's like a big twenty three thousand gigawatt hot air balloon, just <laughs> rocketing into the sky. <laughs> 
other gigawatts what? in a hot air balloon? <laughs> yeah. Super high, super fast. Um, the wind's picking up. We're holding on for dear life. That just makes me think of Back to the Future. And it's 1.1, 1. 1, isn't it? What did yeah, you say, 23.1? <laughs> I, was, I was desperately trying to remember back to what she said the big balloon was. And she said it was, it was like 23,000 Not gigawatts. Something. But it's... I know it wasn't gigawatts. We, we could listen to the podcast again. We watched Back to the Future. I've been meaning to mm-hmm. get my kids to watch Back to the That's Future. I love that movie. We watched it on Friday night. The best part was <clears throat> the boys, you know, they're 12 and 9. And they, I think you know, they're at the age where you can't really tell that they're enjoying a movie the first time they watch it because they're just trying to figure it all out. And there's a lot of moving parts in that movie. But then Sunday, we're leaving, we're walking out of church. And Cooper comes up to me and he's got this big grin on his face and he goes, damn, where's that kid? Damn, damn, where's that kid? Damn, 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 where's that kid? (laughs) And Owen goes, hey, Cooper, here's a tip. Don't swear in church. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I I know I should be saying to you, why are you (laughs) yelling damn in the middle of church? But it was hilarious. And I was so proud that he was quoting the movie. I'm embarrassed that I don't know what part of the movie that's from. That's at the end when Dr. Brown is waiting for the the uh, uh, lightning to strike the oh. clock tower and Marty's running late mm-hmm. and it. he keeps looking down at his watch and he's like, damn, where's that kid? Have you seen John Mulaney's bit about Back to the Future where he talks about that movie being pitched in like a studio and like what that pitch had to be like? <laughs> it's funny. It's great. Uh, basic. I can't, I can't remember the whole bit, but he's like, this should have never been made. And then he's like, okay, so Marty McFly is like this kind of like like this cool high school kid and his best friend is a disgraced nuclear <laughs> physicist who's 40 years older than him. That's the, here we go. That's the start of the movie pitch. Should have never been made. Yes. One of the best movies ever though. But it is great. It so is. Good. So are you going to have the boys watch part two and part three? You know, I never liked two and three at all. I don't like me. No. I did order. I did order the DVD on Amazon last night, so they'll have a they'll have that. And they can watch mm-hmm. anytime because we just rented it. Would I, you? I like two and three, but I mean, they're not nearly they're not as good. Not nearly as. So good. I watched a, or I watched a blog. <laughs> I read a blog. So that's what you do with blogs about how when I was younger, they people let us watch Grease. Would you let your kids watch Grease? I know that this is going somewhere I don't, completely I've never random. Seen I haven't. I don't Are you serious? Why would I watch Grease? You've never why seen Grease? Why haven't you? Isn't it a musical? Yeah. No, yeah. I don't need to see that. If like, I, we watched it at school. Ugh. Oh, yeah. See, if I've seen it, it's been such a long time, I don't remember. Is there something about it that is... Well, I mean, the whole there's, concept. There's so <laughs> many sexual innuendos in there that you don't pick up on until you're old enough to figure it out. And that was funny to watch the boys watch Back to the Future. Well, that's why I was wondering. There's, there's a lot of it, and it was like... It seemed to go completely over their heads. Cooper, yeah. Cooper appears to be more mature on these things than Owen, even though he's four years younger. <laughs> So he was like, he was giggling at the kissing and some of this stuff, but it it was like they was that was not what they were into. They were not. <laughs> I like to think in my naive world that it went over their heads. Maybe it didn't, but yeah. Well, Greece went over my head at the time. <laughs> Me too. And back to the and as I was too. older, I think when I was older and I was babysitting and I was like putting grease on for kids I was babysitting, mm-hmm. I was like, oh crap! Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think we should be watching this. <laughs> I don't know how you've never watched it, Joe, because it's 
it was on TV all the time. I, I don't like even think I've, point, I don't even think I've even seen it on TV. It. It's crazy. It, it, Will you please watch it? I don't want to. I think it's class so unappealing. I I think it sound I would be bored in five minutes. I just okay. Jimmy. Maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. It's what'd you say? I said okay, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy watched it. <laughs> Did Jimmy watch it? Jimmy never wants to watch anything I want to watch. <laughs> I'll watch it. T- this is a whole other podcast. This is a whole other story. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I'm going to hate it. And you're going to get pissed that I hate it. That's what's going to happen. And I'll have actually like stuff to not like about it. That'll be how that goes. I don't think I have strong opinions about it. I just feel like you should see it. It's one of the movies that. All right. You probably well, Joe, you've got eight weeks on your hands here. Yeah. yeah add it to the list. Lock it up. Anything else? I don't think so. Not no. at the moment. Heading back to our social distance. So boring. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're just, this is going to be the main thing that you talk about for eight weeks. What else am I going to have to talk about? I don't know. What you're watching on Netflix, what you. I mean, literally, that's it. I actually think I'm going to try and read the stack of books I have. Yeah. I the, might bachelor, actually... the Bachelor ended at the exact wrong time. Right. Yeah, and they pushed back The Bachelorette. So I know Joe is really going to watch that one. The true tragedy. I probably would have, yeah. I was, I was excited <laughs> to talk about it. Well, thanks for coming in. You're team. welcome. Yep. Angela Madden from the Michigan Association of Ambulance Services was our guest today. She talked about driving a hot air balloon. It was good. It was fun. You've been listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>